0: It's time for a moment of clarity with your hosts, Gaylene Dietering, Phil Stargell, and Ed Bondarenka. Faith, Faith. politics, Politics. history, History. and current
1: current events.
0: And now, your hosts, Gaylene, Phil, and Ed.
2: Good afternoon. Hey, folks. Welcome to our show, and I hope that we entertain you, and edify you, and teach you some good stuff today. Um, with me today are Ed, hi Ed, and Phil, hi Phil. Good afternoon. And good afternoon, and Derek running the board, and we're so delighted to have him with us today, as always, uh, what is it they call you, the Swiss Army Knife of radio, we love that. Um Hey, we got an interesting show. Today is one of those kind of shows about nothing and everything. And we're going to, uh, I want to start this off. I don't know, have either one of you guys heard about what happened in Perry, Michigan? And the uh, what the mayor did there? Do you guys know anything about that? No, mayor I'm in the dark.
0: Mary Hugo yeah, You are in the are dark. dark. You need to turn a light on in there. I can barely see your face.
2: But, hey, yeah. okay. So, wait so a Heuglitt. Yes, Huglett is how he says his name. So I'm going to read this letter because we have to give this guy a shout out. I tried to get him for an interview and he declined an interview with us. It would have been a really interesting conversation. But he made an administrative order on May 11th and did this as a press release. So let me read this to you. It says, "In it is past time that government leadership treat the people of Michigan and of Perry like responsible, thoughtful adults that they are. I write today to state clearly my opposition to some of Governor Whitmer's executive orders. While I understand and share her desire to protect the public, I question some of the restrictions that she has imposed as overstepping her executive authority. She has created a vague, overreaching framework of emergency laws that only confuse Michigan's responsible, thoughtful citizens. Therefore, We will continue not having strict enforcement of these orders and effective immediately the City of Perry will not assist other law enforcement agencies in the strict enforcement of these orders. We will deal with every case as an individual situation and apply common sense in in assessing the apparent violation. I took an oath to uphold and defend the Michigan Constitution as well as the U.S. Constitution and to ensure the God-given rights of the people of Perry are not violated. I believe the city of Perry as a municipal government is on the front line to defend your civil, civil liberties. Our focus needs to be on reopening our city and getting people back to work. We also need to be aware that this virus can be deadly and that we need to continue to practice social distancing, washing of hands, wearing of masks, as well as other medically recommended measures. Allowing those without paychecks back to work is imperative to the economic success and well being of our community. We can do this thoughtfully and in stages, especially where businesses adopt appropriate social hygiene practices. Together as a community, we will overcome this pandemic, and as Americans, we will persevere and come out even stronger than before. Standing together, six feet apart, we are Perry Strong. As mayor for this community, I want you to know that I have your back and will continue to serve the people who have entrusted me with your protection. Sincerely, James A. Huglett, mayor of the city of Perry. And I wish I had an applause button for him, because right now would be a great time to sound off some applause. I think that's great. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's
3: yeah. Ah, yeah. Derek, to the rescue. <laughs> Swiss
0: knife,
2: Swiss knife. That's right, thanks, Derek. That's great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed so- with that.
0: Perry is in Shiawassee County, right? So is Owasso, And so the sheriff of Shiawassee had said he wasn't, basically on May 11th, he also said he wasn't going to be enforcing these orders. So that leaves the Michigan State Police. Let's see how they handle this. They haven't.
2: Yeah. Well, and hopefully the Michigan State Police will kind of stay out of it. I think that, um that, you know, I'll tell you something. I have never met a Michigan state police that I didn't think was an honorable human being. Uh, there have been some local cops that I did not like at all. but uh, I am hoping that uh, as a state we can we can start to um to just wrest control back from the tyrannical reign of Princess Whitmer. <laughs> yeah, you remember
0: Ed. that you're not as old as I am. I don't know if you remember Disney used to run a series uh, on wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights. And they had the swamp Fox who was Francis Marion, who the Mel Gibson movie, the Patriot was modeled after. And so it was these uh, colonial rebels who were opposed to the tyrannical British that were running a guerrilla warfare action. And actually Francis Marion was pretty much just has been described as the guy who invented guerrilla warfare. So the point is in many episodes, the British would come in and harass a citizen, maybe even arrest them. And the Swamp Fox, with his militia, would come in and rescue that citizen from the clutches of the British. Now, I'm not saying we should do that, but I sure would like to see somebody say, hey, let's go try that. Let's just oh, surround the police awesome. when they're trying to arrest a barber. Well,
2: you know, uh, let's think about this, because there was a big protest up upon the, uh, up on the, the, the uh, what, the, in Lansing anyway, I think it was up there at the Capitol grounds, yeah. And they were doing hair cutting and all these people got a thousand dollar fine. Now here's what I wanna know. I wanna know how many of y'all out there in radio land actually went up there and participated. And how many of you gave these barbers, stylists, uh, uh, salon owners any money for your haircut to to help support them so that they can pay their fines or pay their legal fees to fight the fines? And I think that you all really need to be thinking about this and supporting these brave men and women who went out there and protested in support to assist with paying their fines. Or their legal fees to fight the fines. So let's just throw that out there. I thought
4: I saw that uh, there were some people taking up collections at the uh, at the site of the where they gave out the citations.
2: I hope Uh, so. But
4: you know that that probably didn't cover you know all of the people that they find, but. But there was an effort uh, uh, when I looked at it, when I saw the report on it. There, there seemed to be a, a little bit of an effort at that time. So you know, maybe we ought to have, um, you know, a rallying point and 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 rally to to uh, to raise money for that.
2: I, you know, that's not a bad idea. Hey, Ed, do you know how many people were out there that got fined? I heard seven. But I don't know. I've that heard several. True.
0: I'm looking at the article right now because I'm okay. I'm looking for the GoFundMe site. Carl Mankey, yeah. the Owasso barber, has a GoFundMe, and I had wow. read that there was another GoFundMe coming up for these barbers, but I haven't seen a link for it.
2: Okay, that's great. I'm glad. And if you find it, uh, you know, just just kind of throw it out there for us so mm-hmm. that we can share that with our listeners because I think we all have to support one another. So uh, hey, let's uh, let's switch topics here talk about midland anybody got any got any views on what's going on in midland i think it's really interesting that those bridges um that those bridges failed and uh and what do you guys think or not the bridges that the dams failed so let's uh, let's get some opinions on that go ahead no. phil well
4: the 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 part that i uh saw that uh that it was mainly because of uh of um uh, you know after the rains so that that tells me that the, that there was a problem with draining and then there was also a uh a report that said that uh, that there there was some uh, problems with uh inspections and that there hadn't been inspections or something.
0: And well, so it had back, failed an inspection. Uh, yeah, It had failed an inspection. Basically, the uh, feds decertified it. The it, um, the owner of that—it's a private dam, interestingly enough—and the yeah. owner it wasn't of it had a pl- power
2: plant or something. Part- and they and they decertified the power plant because the dam was messed up. Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, and
4: then, then they, and then you had a a, a big downpour and that that was the the uh, the cause of the, that set it off and fortunately the dam uh, failed but it didn't it didn't cause a lot of death or anything like that and that's something most unheard of whenever there's a dam failing usually there's some serious
0: life the loss of life well these people were not yeah, in a flood yeah, plant, I know so they they didn't they didn't call, most people didn't have. Uh, flood insurance. A lot of people are out because their homeowners is not covering it. But what had happened was, was the owner of the dam lowered the water levels to do some repairs. And the state came in, from what I'm given to understand, the state came in and told him, hey, you're endangering this aquatic life, maybe a snail darter or a mussel or something, you know? And so he was forced to raise the levels back up again. And so it was the state that told him, he had to do this. And so now there's this argument back and forth between the state and his lawyers. And it got kind of confused as I was following the different press statements as to who's really liable. But I it, I lean towards the state similar to the Flint waters uh, debacle.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't really know anything, anything that we can say or do you know, to to add anything to it. But I do want to just point this out to our listeners that um, there are a lot of opportunities. Convoy of Hope uh, is sending water and uh and cleaning supplies and things for those people and the edenville fire stations one and two the Jerome Ta- the Jerome township fire station in sanford and the sanford american legion plus a whole bunch of churches are providing cleaning supplies and they're providing clean water for those citizens and you know i didn't hear anything about any um anybody losing their life but man their property has been devastated and all those people who spent all that money on lakefront property wow wow <laughs> now they have like whole front property and i just my heart breaks for them so let's just remember them in our prayers hey you know we've got joe on the phone and joe has a comment about the midland flood and so i'd like to invite joe to join us all
3: right thank you joe. and mentioned a little bit of what i was going to say but so first let me disagree with ed in that Flint was not the state issue it was solely a flint issue flint democrat okay, council you know it's
2: okay a- with me if you disappoint if you disagree with ed just don't disagree with me okay
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah well the flint democrat council approved the water switch not the federal government the emergency manager signed off on their decision. It wasn't the Republican-appointed emergency manager, but, of course, the NA media spun the issue. And if it's Snyder's fault for Flint, then it is solely Whitler's fault for Midland. Well, You're right, partially Whitler's fault, I also because she's involved, and it's her attorney general. Her party's attorney general, and you're right, A.G. Nestle sued the dam to try to protect muscles. Once again, Democrats putting, trying to backdoor the Green New Deal in over human lives.
2: Very interesting. Well, we'll have to look into that a little bit more. Thanks for the call, Joe. Yeah. I really all appreciate it. Right. Take you. care, my friends. I love
3: you all. Have a great day. All right. Hold on.
4: Oh, hang on, Ed or Joe. Yeah. Don't
3: go. Yeah. All right. I meant to. I got your email about your event coming up on the 30th of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Trump is having a annual pro-life event. We started it last year. We're trying to help the Lincoln Park Crisis Pregnancy Center. And during all this COVID paranoia... We still want to be able to do something, so we're having drive-up drop-offs where people could drop off checks made out to the Lincoln Park CPC, or you know, like uh, bottles, uh, new bottles in their package, and 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 baby yeah, wipes drive. and things like that. And yeah, that's on the thirtieth. God's Family Room in Taylor and uh, and. Uh, St. John's Lutheran Church on Telegraph and Northline between 2 and 5 on Saturday. Thank you for allowing me to mention that because, uh, I mean, the single mothers are hurting more than, I mean, normal. I mean, everybody's hurting more than normal right now.
2: And a lot of our charities are struggling because they're they're serving a lot more people than they were serving in the past. And people that used to yeah. donate uh, yeah, we see are now the food asking banks for help.
3: Absolutely, that's great. Suicides are up. The, and the media, again, don't want to talk about suicide higher than ever because that doesn't fit their agenda of wuhan virus panic and paranoia they refuse to deal with the fact that people are killing themselves because of the desperation and depression and lack of work uh they can't feed their families those deaths don't seem to matter to them only wuhan virus padded covid statistics matter to their false narratives and agenda
2: all right. Hey, thanks so all much right, for the call, again, Joe. I appreciate you a lot. Uh, we got to keep stepping though, because you know we didn't do something here, and I'm hoping that we got time for Derek uh, to do a moment on sport. But it looks like Derek's on the phone. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> Wait a minute here. That poor man. He's shuffling everything. How are you? Are you ready to give us to lay some sports stats on us there, Derek?
1: Yep, I'm ready to go. All
2: right, let me let you go. Go ahead, take us into the break.
1: (laughs) All right, thank you, and welcome to this Moment on Sports. My name is Derek Stone. The Michigan Wolverines football Twitter account, at umichfootball, posted the following question yesterday. Who are your top five tight ends of all time? Well, here are my personal picks for the top five tight ends tight ends in Michigan Wolverines football history. Starting off with Lowell Perry from 1950 to 1952. He caught 71 passes, which ranks 7th among tight ends in school history, for 1,261 yards, which ranks 4th, 17.8 yards per catch, and he caught 9 touchdowns, which is tied for 5th. He had His best game of his career was he had five catches for 165 yards against the Indiana Hoosiers in 1951. He was the 1951 Associated Press first-team All-Big Ten member, also a member of the United Press International third-team All-American team, and the Central Press Association second-team All-American. And the next tight end, Wolverines fans, you know very well. You may have not been able to see him play, but you've heard of him. His name, Ron Kramer, played from 1954 to 1956. He caught 53 passes for 880 yards, which ranks ninth for 16.6 yards per catch and eight touchdowns, which is tied for seventh. He was a 1954 first-team All-Big Ten member and also 1955 and 1956 consensus first team All-American. He's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, and this is from footballfoundation.org from his bio in the College Football Hall of Fame. Against Missouri in 1955, Kramer hauled in seven passes, three of which went for Michigan touchdowns, and set a new Wolverine record in touchdowns off receptions in a single game as the Mays and Blue romped 42-7. to And his number 87 jersey has been retired by the University of Michigan football program, only one of five to be retired in the school's fantastic, long, and rich history. And the next tight end on my list is Jim Mandich. He played from 1967 to 1969, He caught 119 passes, which ranks second for 1,508 yards, which also ranks second, 12.7 yards per catch, and 7 touchdowns. The best game of his career, he caught 10 passes for 156 yards and a touchdown against the Purdue Boilermakers in 1969. He was the 1968 and 1969 AP First Team All-Big Ten member. He was also a 1969 Consensus First Team All-American, and he, too, is a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. And the next tight end on my list, this would arguably be, be, be my pick for the best tight end in Wolverines football history. That would be Jeremy Tooman, played from 1995 to 1998, Caught 98 passes, which ranks third for 1,279 yards, which also ranks third 13.1 yards per catch and 15 touchdowns, which ranks first. He caught a 23-yard touchdown pass against the Washington State Cougars in the 1998 Rose Bowl to cap off an undefeated season for Michigan and their first national championship since 1948. He was a three-time first-team All-Big Ten member from 1996 to 1998, and he was a 1997 Football News first-team All-American. And the last pick of mine for the top five tight ends in Michigan Wolverines football history, Jake Butt played from 2013 to 2016. He caught 138 passes, which ranks first for 1,646 yards, which also ranks first, 11.9 yards per catch and 11 touchdowns, which ranks second. The best game of his career, four catches for 102 yards against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights in 2015. He was the 2015 and 2016 first-team All-Big Ten member. He was also a 2016 first-team All-American. He won the 2015 Ozzie Newsom Award for being the best tight end in college football. He also was a two-time winner of the Qualic-Clark Tight End of the Year Award in 2015 and 2016, and he won the 2016 John Mackey Award as college football's best tight end. Certainly, I don't think it, it's it. you can't argue with a better list than this one in my mind, the five best tight ends in Michigan Wolverines football history. That's my moment on sports. Gayleen, go ahead and take it away.
2: All right, thank you for that. I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting that your that your last pick there uh, for tight end and his last name was what? Butts. <laughs> Sorry. yeah, yeah
1: Jake Butts. Yeah, I know it. It it's quite it, it it it's apropos for him to be a tight end.
2: Yeah. That's pretty funny. I think it was written in the stars, a little destiny. Thank you for all of that, Derek. Hey you know I want I want to just pop back to what Joe mentioned um, about the, uh, this, the drive that they're doing, the fundraiser, diaper drive, wipe drive, bottle drive, things like that to help support single mothers that's going on and Phil. Phil, that was for next weekend, if I understand that, on Saturday. And he's going to be in a couple of different locations. So I think that what we're going to do is next week come prepared to announce addresses and times. And I wanted to let the listeners know that weather permitting, it is my understanding that Phil Stargell, our good friend, and Pastor Dietering may be out there to uh, to meet and greet people too, at one of these locations if the weather is permitting. does that is that right? Was that what your plan was, Phil?
4: Yes, it is. And uh, I think that uh, Joe Leonard is such a a force and uh, he has such a a good uh, a heart and a good you hear him from time to time on uh, on the show. And so we have got to support him. I'm going to support him. As much as I can anytime I can. I know I'll know the whole show will.
2: I think that's a wonderful thing. So let's get our let's rally our listeners that next Saturday. You guys, you got a week to prepare for this. Go out and buy some diapers. Go out and buy some wipes. Go out and buy some things or get ready to open your hearts and your checkbooks to support single mothers, unwed mothers, mothers in need and their babies. I think that that's a, that that's a really, really important thing and, uh, and that we need to do that. So when we come back from our break, I don't know, have either one of you guys ever read The American Thinker? It's an online newspaper and I'm really kind of liking this. And we're going to talk about nursing homes and them being forced to create, even though they're not, uh, not available to do this or, or have the resources, COVID wings so that they can, they can take in COVID patients. So that's what we're going to talk about in the second half, along with anything else that y'all can think of that sounds interesting. Um, like I said, it's a show about nothing and everything this time. And uh, all right, we'll see you in about in a few minutes.
5: And
0: now, more with Gaylene Dietering, Phil Stargill, and Ed Bondarenka on Wham!
2: And we're back! All right. So I, I promised you that we're going to talk about this American Thinker webpage, and you all should look into it. But I do want to, i got to share something. i got to give a little shout-out to my sister-in-law for posting something. I don't think it was original, but I, I just kind of want us all to think about this. So this is from my sister-in-law, Mary, down in Arkansas, who I don't know if she's listening online or not. But it went from flattening the curve to not until we find a cure. It went from social distancing to stay home until we say so. And it went from weeks to we don't know how many months. From we're in this together to snitch on your neighbors. From liberty to comply or be fined or go to jail, and that's kind of where we're sitting here, folks. And we really have to kind of fight back on that. Go ahead, Ed.
0: There's a uh, clip of a horse race that I gave to Derek to play. Might be appropriate to play right now. Got a minute? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hold go on, ahead, Derek. Hold on, Ed. I- I'm sorry. I'll, ha- I'll have to get that queued
5: up. Sorry. <laughs>
2: That's okay. we'll We'll give you a few minutes here and and I'm gonna I, I can talk about this because it all kind of falls into the same thing. So the American Thinker, there is a uh, a blog, and it is a very interesting thought by uh, this is written by Monica showalter. And it says, in light of the nursing home disaster in New York, what kind of ghoul? would take that as an example to emulate instead of a baleful death warning to avoid, and then then order contagious COVID patients into her state's nursing homes. Only Michigan's hard-faced Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the ambitious Democrat who banned the sales of garden seeds to Michiganders, saying she's doing it in the name of keeping everyone safe, Safe to Whitmer is seeding nursing homes with COVID-19 patients. And supposedly, Uh, supposedly as a means of lightening the load in the hospitals. Too bad if granny gets it under Whitmer's executive order, which she just extended yesterday uh, for a week. Any nursing home with less than 80% capacity will be forced to create special COVID units. And regardless of their ability to protect their other patients, with special ventilation systems, trained staff, personal protective gear, something like that would require, uh, that it would require, even if it were advisable, and none of which is included in her order. If I were a nursing home, I'd be offering free places to anyone who wants one just to prevent a a breach below that deadly 80% threshold. So I thought that was a very interesting thing. Um, uh, Let's see here. I don't know if Derek is going to be able to get that clip up for us. Um, I know Gary's on the phone, and we'll talk to Gary in a minute. Um, so, uh, hey Gary, hang out there with me. And uh, no, I guess we don't have that audio clip, unfortunately. So, um, any? Do we want to have any comments about uh, about that uh, that that order for nursing homes? That's horrifying to me. What are your thoughts, guys? My thoughts is that Mario Cuomo's
4: son. Two sons, excuse me, got on television and made a big joke about uh, 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 patients in in the nursing homes, and and it, it got a little bit of coverage. But these are the kind of things that that just irritate me to no end. Is because this was a disastrous decision on the part of of uh, of uh, Governor Cornwell to uh, put so many people that were uh you know in different various stages of, of, of the coronavirus into the nursing homes with the most vulnerable portion of our society, old guys like me, you know? And so so and, and they laughed at it. But could you still there are
2: no old guys like you, honey. There are <laughs> no old guys like you. <laughs> <laughs> but but,
4: yeah. but the thing about it is, I mean, it it, it is a situation where, for some reason or other, the Democrats seem to be able to get away with any bad decision, and and, and everybody takes it that 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 decision was uh, out of the the the, the most benign of reasons. But everything Donald Trump does, it's because he hates people. It's because he uh, he wants to better his own. Position and and feed his own uh, aspirations, and that is just so unfair to me. That uh, you know, and everybody said, "Well, you know, he's a big guy; he can take it and all of that." But my goodness, you know, they really ought to give uh, uh, give the man some credit, and 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 hold some of these people, like uh, Governor Cuomo, because,
2: because of I'm that accountable. Decision. Absolutely, you know, they got to be held yep. accountable. I, I would concur with that and you know the thing that kills me about all of this is you know our most vulnerable are our parents and you know in some cultures the elders are revered and and you know yeah. I, I I just I, I I don't understand this they're they're like they're like trying to eliminate the weak ones in the society and just you know I, I, it's cruel and it's horrible and it's inhumane and it's disgusting yeah hey, uh, you know,
4: yeah And and
2: to
4: to add to what you're saying, my mother turned 99 this year and she's in a nursing home, but she's very, very, uh, you know, coherent and she's very, very strong and very understanding of what's going on around her. And thank God the the nursing home that she's in is very hard for anybody that uh, to get in there because, you know, they're up to capacity and nobody else can get in there. And that's that's the saving grace, you know, because nobody's going to be able to force anybody in there because there's a waiting list. So so that is the good thing about that. But boy, I tell you, you know, somebody really needs to uh, to take a second look at, you know, uh, the decisions that are being made and not just why they're made, but what's the motive behind it.
0: Okay, well, that's absolutely true. That's ah uh, we're seeing it ah uh, Spain's had a horrible death camp uh, in their homes, their their um ah uh, nursing homes. And you know, we've seen it here in Michigan. We've seen it in New York. You know it's it's ah uh, it's <laughs> i've I've joked, and it's not something we should joke about. But it's a way that the Democratic governors have been seeing that uh, there'd be more deaths, so there'd be more votes available for the Democratic Party come November, because we know wow. dead people vote Democratic. Yes.
4: They, they can paint the man at the top as a failure and uh, and, and and give him no credit for all his successes.
1: Because well, so I mean, man,
4: look, look, look what look at how much uh, carnage that has been put into the nursing homes. And all of the effort that went there with two large naval crafts that are were housebo- uh, uh, nursing boats, Hospitals, uh, yeah. medical boats, and also they turned the Javits Center into a, into a, a
2: holding station. And uh, to me... They didn't looked- even need to put people into the nursing homes. There was no, no excuse for that except to kill people.
6: That, that yeah. was the idea.
2: It- well, the other thing is that
0: there's pension costs associated with old people and these states are facing pension costs because of the lack of revenue from sales tax and property tax so and let's the like. kill them yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. gross
2: i mean you know what soylent green just kind well, of that team. movie
0: yeah. yeah it was yeah. just on and we don't have soylent green yet so we have to do something else yeah, yeah.
2: hey you know what we had gary waiting so patiently on the phone oh, to talk wait to us
0: more. he's used to it
2: no come on gary <laughs> gary's our friend we gotta let gary on he wants to talk about memorial day so go ahead gary thanks
3: for good. calling in hey everybody i heard that hey, hey uh, let's take a moment um uh, to remember the men and women who put on the uniform and went off to battle against america's enemies and uh, did not return Uh, These men gave the last full measure, and uh, this Monday we're supposed to, as a nation, reflect on that. And remember, it's uh, for these people that you and I must stand up against the tyranny that is uh, alive and well in America today. And uh, that's, that's what I have to say.
4: No, it's a good right. point. thanks so we much
2: appreciate that thank you for bringing that to us and uh you're 100 right you know we've got a couple of veterans here and uh i just really feel like we need to pay attention especially since a lot of the ceremony that is normally available on memorial day isn't going to be so let's all really do a shout out to our veterans our young veterans, our old veterans and uh, all and their families well, as well, all of them that support. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Let's
0: let's remember that Memorial Day is for the fallen. Veterans Day is for the veterans. Armed Forces Day are for the guys that are in right now. And let's 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 reserve this for the fallen. Those who have who have fallen in service. Yes.
2: That's that's a good point. You're right. And, and the person that did get the persons that gave their last full measure. And I, and I like the way that Gary put that. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Um, I think that our clip is ready that Ed asked for. So let's go ahead and uh, and play that.
5: And they're off. Out of the gate, it's coronavirus, followed closely behind by Wuhan-style lockdown. On the outside, it's global pandemic, working hard against flatten the curve. Social distancing got off to a slow start, but he's now neck and neck with flatten the curve. On the inside, it's just a little flu, followed by trust the experts. As they pass the quarter poll, 18 months vaccine is working hard to get past Plaquenil. Dr. Fauci is three lengths back of the leaders. Stimulus plan is trying to squeeze by PPE as they enter the back stretch, but out on the outside. He- here comes economic shutdown, Open by Easter, gets bumped a little bit by Dr. Fauci, flatten the curve and economic shutdown are battling it out as they head past the half mile pole. Distance learning stumbled out of the gate and it looks like he won't be able to get back into it. Not his day to day, folks. They are moving at a brisk pace and all clustered together except for my bank account, which is way back of the pack. He might be injured. They might have to pull him up. Toilet paper is nowhere to be seen. He's lost in the pack. As they head into the far turn, it's social distance distancing still in the lead but daily briefing is lurking one and a half lengths back it's a tremendous race folks I've never seen anything like it and now cure worse than the disease is starting to make his move as they enter the top of the stretch cabin fever is charging hard but social distancing is holding him off economic shutdown is still looking strong and he's nose to nose with cure worse than the disease and on the inside here comes Dr Fauci and down the stretch they come it's social distancing and economic shutdown now neck and neck i don't believe it dr fauci is trying to keep pace and with one furlong to go it's economic shutdown social distancing and dr Fauci and as they come to the wire it's oh my god it's no one foes by a head oh incredible race folks 11 7 12 trifecta pays one seventeen thirty-nine. Woo! <laughs>
2: Okey-dokey, you know. It's funny because, you know, there's they had that little thing about toilet is toilet paper is lost in the pack. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I'm actually sitting here looking at a Costco ad. And they have the Brondell bidet seat for $279.99. And, you know, Rick. And I are looking at each other so do we need to pay almost $300 to wash our bums we got a garden hose <laughs>
3: yep first world oh, that's problems.
2: too funny that's yeah first world problems you ain't kidding I mean heck in the Middle East they use their left hand and they don't have toilet paper that's why we <laughs> shake hands with the right hand <laughs> never shake somebody from the old world hand their left hand man Mm-mm, no because they use that yeah. for all sorts of nasty things <laughs> wow 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 so uh we were talking about um let's see we were talking about nursing homes have we got anything that we want to add oh Hey, you know what? Walter is on the phone, and I think this is a great time for Walter. Walter, welcome to the show. And as, and as uh, the pastor always says, buckle your seatbelts, because here comes Walter. <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right, here we go. One more time. I got an, I got a replacement, not, not a total replacement, but a new idea of uh, Memorial Day, and it's directed toward Joe Biden. It's called oh, Memory Day. Me. Walter Don't do not forget hold on one Joe second. Biden what he said about black people.
0: Yeah, Walter. I wanna take this moment to welcome you to the ranks
6: of white people. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, Ed, Ed, you joke about it, but I've actually been called by a Muslim guy on nine ten AM. He had a talk show on there less than a year ago. And I was his worst nightmare every time I called. Uh, I even called him a radical <laughs> Islamic terrorist. But anyway, he called me a, a white supremacist. Wow! That's like you called me a. He want really? You're a white supremacist." So you're passing. Uh, funny. And and by the way, I was proud of that. But anyway, um, yeah, Joe Biden. He has proven once again that if you don't, if you're black and you don't vote for him, you're the dumbest person in the world. And if you're black and do both well, for him, you're one of the dumbest people in the world. And um, wow. it's amazing to me how people are outraged, and maybe a few Democrats, but as time goes on, just like that governor of Virginia with the black face, the Democrats would do anything to erase what another dirty Democrat said. He could be the biggest racist. He could be Lucifer, Lucifer's next-door neighbor. But when it going gets tough... When the time, when that November 6th rolls around, they're going to vote for that dirty white racist Joe
3: Biden. Oh, yeah, so
6: by the way, He a is Obama despicable. Is a creepy
2: racist. Uncle Joe on so many levels, man. He is He's a nasty, nasty character. And I've seen so many clips of him trying to, you know, talking about trying to defund Social Security and take money away from people that they paid in. You know, things like that. And then, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? And what? yet it's buried in the
6: news. But Joe, um, we we'll, we'll just rename him Joe Stiffly, uh, stiff on my neck.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, Phil wants to ask you something. Go ahead, Phil.
4: You know, uh, Walter, of all of the things that that make me as mad as as bad as the things that uh, Joe Biden said, it, it it it's even worse when people like Sheila Jackson Lee gets on there and defends him when. Uh, try to make out what he said to not be what it was. But then they turn around and she led the pack in attacks on President Trump because she was one of the people that said things like, what's he going to do when he makes America great again? Take us back to Jim Crow, slavery. Now, how in the world could you equate what? Let's make America great again with slavery and Jim Crow. I just don't understand it. But that's who defends Joe Biden and those people. And, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg made a real nasty comment uh, about abortion. And, uh, and nobody even says anything about it. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Much the same as Whitmer with that hat on talking about Planned Parenthood makes America great again. You know, I've just about oh. had it
6: with them. I'll tell you, I've just about had it with them. Yeah, they also yeah. threw this one in. They wrapped off all of the, the, the lies about what Donald Trump said. And they even threw this one in. They said that uh, he told, us, he told certain people to uh, go back to your own country. Guess what? I told American-hating foreigners that moved here to this country, like like I mentioned earlier on your program about Africans who don't like black people. That's right, I said it. They they've come over here and they've put our country down. And if you say that within my hearing or say that to me, or I'm next to you, I don't care what country you from. I'm gonna tell you go right back to your messed up, dirty, trashy country. That's right, I said it. And that's not really, that I, I racist. Don't. I'm they come over here and they're
2: going to turn us into their crap I'm, I'm, hole. And quite frankly, I don't want to live in, they came here. Why are they bringing all that garbage here to make it imposed on everybody else? It makes no sense. I mean, yeah. you left to get away from that, you'd think.
4: And then they right. welcome it here. <laughs> it's, it's
2: just yeah. crazy. I don't know, man. That's that's nuts. Okay, so uh, so uh, you know what we didn't do. Thank you very much for your call, Walter. I appreciate you. And Thanks, it's Walt. always something interesting.
6: Hey, yes. Hey,
2: s- hey, one more thing. You're
6: listening. Yes. What? One more thing. I said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm out of here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and, you know, what he said. What he said. Yeah, what okay. he
5: said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Derek, uh, the pastor is reminding me that we didn't ask you about curling, and I'm wondering if there's any curling news.
1: Yeah, there is actually some curling news to report, not, not competition-wise, but there was a U.S. curler named Jessica Schultz, and I have to give Ed, credit for sending me this story and jessica had was tested positive for coronavirus in early march and there was an article written about her about about her recovery from the coronavirus and i just want to read a little part of this article and uh, and this is what she wrote in her blog post on april 14th in my almost 30 days of isolation with the virus i have renamed it my good friend rona or the abusive ex-boyfriend COVID. This is an attempt at finding some humor in what could be a devastating moment in time. The ex-COVID hasn't been around lately, thank goodness. He typically brings the joint pain and inability to function. But Rona, she likes to hang out and give the low-grade fever feeling. She occasionally surprises me for coffee or waits until happy hour to drop her bad news.
2: (laughs) All right, that's interesting. But how's she doing now? Is she recovered and she's well?
1: Yeah, she's fully recovered from her vi- virus. Yes.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Well, hopefully she can get back out there on the ice. And uh, I don't know—is is she a bowler or is she a sweeper? I
1: didn't—I didn't catch that in this article. I—I'm not sure. She's a chucker.
2: Or a chucker, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. she's a chucker. I don't know. I thought they called them bowlers. Maybe I'm wrong. That's okay. It's not my thing. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for looking into that. Ed, thanks for bringing it. Phil, or, uh, Derek, thanks for bringing that to us. That's pretty interesting. Um, let's see here. So you never recover from curling, though. <laughs> So that's a good thing she didn't recover from curling. That's that's pretty funny. All right, guys. So we are coming up on the top of the hour, and I am not sure if we get got another caller to come on here. We've only got a couple minutes left. But I did want to say that I really appreciate the fact that, you know, we can get together and we can chat about all sorts of things, and I hope that it was a good show for you all and that you were able to enjoy it. Um, I would like to just remind everybody prayers and support for midland prayers and support for midland they are taking donations there are collection points there's a lot of churches in sterling heights that are gathering donations for midland we need to keep our brothers and sisters out there uh, uh, in prayer and also uplift them with uh, whatever we can and additionally i want to remind people that next week is the diaper drive and the fundraising drive and ed has something he wants to add to go ahead ed
0: well, you mentioned Convoy of Hope earlier. It's a faith-based uh, ministry of the Assemblies of God, and they have been they've been phenomenal at different disaster events in this country, and uh, they they are literally a convoy of hope. They bring in truckfuls of food, water and supplies. Uh, you just google them Convoy of Hope. That's awesome.
2: Convoy of Hope everybody and uh and uh let's see here we were talking about the diaper drive and i think Derek is about to send me a message let's see what Derek is sending me i think we've got another caller and we've got like two minutes maybe
0: let's not forget we get to stay locked up for another 12 days thank you governor governor swimmer and i think also involved in that Also involved in that is we're all supposed to wear ball gags so we don't breathe through our mouth.
2: (laughs) Wow. All right, you guys, that's the show. And I hope everybody has a blessed weekend. Happy, uh, Happy Memorial Day.
4: Happy Memorial Day to you. Happy Memorial Day.
0: listening to a moment of clarity on WHAM Talk 1600 with your hosts Gayleen Dietering, Phil Stargel and Ed Bondarenka. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on WHAM Radio.